Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 203. And today we're here with D Pinker of D Pinker Basketball. Mm-hmm. How's it going, brother? It's good, man. Can't complain. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. You came um, highly recommended by uh, Jordan Bo Harris. Yeah, that's my guy. That we had on One the of podcast. My day ones. Yep. You know what? And it's uh, it's crazy, dude. That there's there's so many guests that are attached to each other. Like I'll get recommended by mm-hmm. one or so, and it's just it's a lot of people from the area that are doing amazing things out here. You know and. Um, you seem to be one of them, man. Oh man, you're on your hustle, brother. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard, and sometimes when you're you know stuck in the grind where you don't really you know celebrate like yeah. the, the small wins and like the things you've done and how far you've come. So it, it's it's refreshing to to hear people like say, "Hey, man, you're doing your thing." Yeah. And it's just like I sometimes have to stop and be like, you know what, I I did do that. So you know, it's always hard to kind of you know, do both, like be on the grind mode and like sit back in, you know, yeah, acknowledge what, what, I, what you've accomplished along the way. I could definitely uh, relate to that, man. So let's, let's go ahead and dive into that. But before we do, if you could just give us like a quick breakdown of who you are and what you do. Um, okay. So just, uh, a quick breakdown. I'm a basketball trainer, coach. Um, I've, worked with players in the nba um players in college all the way down to youth of course i didn't start work working with the nba players but it's been something that i've been building for about maybe four to five years um starting with the with the very young kids um you know just in parks or like in the driveways yeah and it's something that i've been able to build and climb the ranks fairly quickly um, so now I, j- I work with all t- sorts of basketball players, um, training, improving their skills. Um, and then also I, I have a club basketball team where I have the youth from ages 10 all the way to high school. Wow. And, and so I'm doing both of those at the same time. Wow. That's a, that's a huge age group, age group. Yeah. You know, from 10 to what is that? Like 17 ish or so yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I, I wanted to tap into what you were saying about, you know, the hustle and, and then not stopping to, to kind of see how, how far you've come. What is that feeling that comes over you that uh, doesn't allow you to like stop and smell the roses? Because I, I just I have a. I have a big like I have a goal I set and then I don't stop until I reach the goal. Yeah. So like no matter what happens along the way to the goal, I sometimes don't even look at it as an accomplishment until I reach what I've accomplished. And is and then once that happens, I set a new goal and it's just like it's just you're stuck in that in that cycle. And then sometimes you don't you don't even realize it like a, a whole year's passed and yeah. you're like where where did the time go? And then then you look back on where that year started and you can be like, oh man, I did so much. Yeah. So, so like like I said, it's always refreshing to have someone be like, someone pointed out like, hey man, like, like keep doing your thing. And yeah. like, what do you mean? And we're like, well, you did this. I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I feel sometimes that um, people with that sort of drive, that mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a gift and a curse mm-hmm. because you accomplish so much and, and you're, you're um, you could squeeze so much into one year, but then you look back like January or something. And mm-hmm. 
you think of a memory that happened and maybe if you tell somebody else this memory like you know i play ball with this person or this person or what have you that would be like the highlight of their year mm-hmm. but in your head you're already thinking past the interaction even when the interaction's happening because you're thinking about what you got to do next yeah you know um i'm i'm just maybe this is how you think about it but this is how i think about it mm-hmm. you know when i'll be building a car or at a car show or something like that you know i'm i'm doing what i prepare to do mm-hmm. for those few months or what have you but as i'm doing it i'm not enjoying it like i'm yeah. not oh man this is everything that i thought it was going to be my mind's already clicked on to the next thing mm-hmm. and that's why i say that it's kind of a curse sometimes because then if you're not attached to these moments as they're happening happening i don't feel like it leaves a, a big enough imprint on your brain to be able to like make sure that that's a a memory that we hold on strong to yeah yeah you were obviously there at that day that time and you did that but can you really remember that can you remember the feeling that came with it you know it's 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 a hard one man it's tough so um i've been doing a better job of trying to celebrate the the small wins and um just reflecting a lot lately especially um the last six months has been Definitely. crazy for everyone, right? So you kind of have to take a step back and and see what things really matter, what you're grateful for. So then now I, it's like it's given me a lot of different perspective on like, yeah, you should like be reflecting on these things because you just don't know now. Like people are, you know, some people are, you know, dying off, losing jobs. Like it's tough, you know. So yeah. like it's just. A newfound perspective for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's been a it's been a rough year, and you know, I'm I'm sure that you know that mm-hmm. just starting off the year. Yeah. Um. So you do uh, work with the Mamba yeah. Academy mm-hmm. in Thousand Oaks, mm-hmm. right? So how did uh, how did you get set up with them? Um. So it's it was it's actually uh you know that 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 old saying where like your hard work meets like preparation and you know stuff like that and a little bit of luck happened so um i had been like training and coaching and doing my thing for maybe a couple years and it felt like i was just in a in a circle so so i wasn't able to do what i liked full-time so i was i was working full-time at um casa pacifica okay and um training and coaching as well so one day I was at uh, Costa Pacifica, and for people don't that don't know what Costa Pacifica is, it's like a it's a facility and a school for um, kids with different abilities or uh, um, issues with behavioral issues. Gotcha. So it's a place for those for those kids to be and you know and and learn and learn learn social skills and life skills. So I was doing that, and then I was coaching. So when I was in the middle of that, I seen a new group called, at the time it was the Sports Academy, they were taking a tour around. So that's, you know, a pivotal point in people's life where you can like, you know, just watch what's happening or like figure out what's going on. So I seen they were dressed up in athletic gear and it was right when they opened. So I just went over there and I was like, hey, like, who are you guys? What's going on? Yeah. So I just started making conversation and then... From there, I got an email to the contact to the person that was um, in the basketball department. So then um, I reached out. I was I emailed. I was persistent, 
and I told him my background and things of that sort. So I just took a shot. I was like, this is a facility. They have, you know, the, it's supposed to be the top facility in Southern California. So I was like, I'm going to shoot my shot. Yeah. So I shot it. And then initially nothing happened. I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, another roadblock. It sound good. I pumped myself up. And then a couple months uh, passed. And then I got an email like, hey, like we have a coach leaving. Would you be open to coming in? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I came in, I, I had a meeting, and before you know it, they they took a chance on me, and I had a, a very small, like I was working with like very low-level basketball players in a gotcha. camp. It was like a huge camp, and I kind of just got thrown in the fire. It was like 100 kids, and it was me and like three other people I didn't know. <laughs> so th you and three people had, were in charge of 100 kids? Yeah, it was, nu it was nuts <laughs> wow. because it, it was like a... Um, they were having a, a camp where it was like basketball, football, track. It was like all in one. Yeah. But then it was just like an overload of like basketball kids. So I kind of felt like I just got thrown to the fire to test my capabilities mm. and I survived. So it was like from there, I started off with that. And then, then I had my foot in the door at that point. So once I got my foot in the door, I just took advantage of the opportunity and just went 100 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah. So like I always think about like I was working at Costa Pacifica and it wasn't my first choice because I didn't go to school for that. So I was I was there meantime in between in between what I really wanted to do. And then ha but had I not been there and see that group doing the tour, like I I might have missed that opportunity to further what I really yeah. wanted to do. So it's kind of weird how how things work out like that. Yeah, man, I've had that happen so many times. You know, you you see the smallest thing that you would do in your life, and then you look, then fast forward a few years, and then you look back and you're like, wow, if I just didn't make that small little yep. move, you know, if I didn't stop at that grocery store mm -hmm. and see that old friend and pick up a conversation, you know, there's so many things along the line. What if this? What if that? What if that? But you're right, the preparation it. Um, if you're prepared and ready for it, mm -hmm. man, sometimes you just got to jump and do yeah. it. You know, there's uh, there's times where situations will come up and then your inner self will hold you back. Like, oh, I'm not ready for that. Yep. You know, I'm not I, I'm not at that level. And boom, then then that goes. But if you were to take that chance, you end up in a position like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I always think about that, too. Like, had I not just went out of my way and like say, who are you guys? Like, what are you guys doing here? Type thing. Yeah. My, like the whole trajectory of what I'm doing now could have been different. Yeah. So that was two years ago? No, 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 no. That was about four, okay. four or five years ago. Okay. When you when you started with Mamba Academy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Four or five years okay. ago. Before we get to that point, let, let, let's take it a little more back than that. Uh, are you born and raised out here in Oxnard? Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Man, uh, born and raised Oxnard, grew up... Uh, playing every sport my first love is actually baseball gotcha okay, yeah so cool. i started off at uh five years old playing t-ball at sunset little league yeah and from there i fell in love with baseball like it was like my passion all stars every year Very like cool. traveling all that stuff um so that was actually my my first love and then came basketball and football 
I was pretty much in three sports up until I graduated high school. Wow, yeah, no way. No, like there was no breaks. <laughs> I was going from basketball to football to baseball. And then once I got to high school, I'd stop playing baseball uh -huh. and just focus on basketball and football. But then I did track. So it was always something. Something. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. How did you know at that early age that you were able to handle all of that? <laughs> I didn't really have an option. Like my dad is just, my dad was uh, really big into sports and he, gotcha. he uh, got into coaching and he was into like guiding the youth and like helping kids out. So I was kind of, I didn't even look at it as like uh something extra it was just all fun it was just like all i knew hmm. so yeah so i started uh baseball at five basketball at seven football at around seven eight so by that time it was just like non-stop by the time i was like seven or eight year round wow that's awesome man mm -hmm. and you said that your your dad was the one that kind of coached you into that uh yeah so he was the first pretty much coach i had so first baseball coach basketball and i started off flag football before tackle and then once i had tackle football i had different coach different coaches got you so what was it like having your dad as the coach uh it was it was it was good because he's a i mean he's a real straightforward straightforward guy and it's like I feel that that's what a lot of today is missing. Just that straightforward guy. Like my dad would be like, like, you can't shoot. Don't shoot the ball. Like you're going to have to play some, you, he'll tell somebody like, you're not, you're not a shooter. Stop shooting. You're going to have to play defense and find a way to get a layup. Like he, he would mm -hmm. tell you that right away. And then I felt like that, that helped out uh, players have realistic expectations and mm -hmm. be self-aware of themselves. And then they would, find out things they needed to improve so like maybe a whole season come by and they worked on their shooting the whole time and they came back a better shooter mm. so like i felt like his honesty allowed a lot of the players to get the best out of them but it also helped rub people the wrong way and it went the other way where it's like coach said i can't shoot and then it just cr crushed their confidence yeah you know? but that part that makes a player great and not great is being able to accept that criticism and fuel that, you know, to improve. So it would, I learned that from a young age, like he's just brutally honest with people. And that kind of helped me to be able to accept criticism from other coaches and teachers and people and be able to respond positively versus like shrinking and melting. Hmm. But he's used that ever since I was <laughs> T-ball. And then once I got to about sixth grade is when he just, I didn't, he wasn't coaching me in basketball or baseball or football or none of that stuff. Got you. Now with that sort of method of, uh, of coaching, have you been able to emulate that, but, um, you know, make the message a little better receivable? Um, definitely. So I definitely take things of what he instilled in like me and like other teammates and other players he coached. And then I'll take some of it and then put my own spin on it because, yeah. you know, I feel like that's just old school. That was like yeah. a long time ago, you know? So you got to kind of adapt with the times and the kids and how things are going. And I put my own little spin on it. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. You know, I was just having this conversation not long ago, you know, the, about our parents that, 
you know, they were doing their best job that they could with the tools that they had, with the society, the way that the society was mm-hmm. at that time, you know, but you take what you like, you yep. take what worked, because you'll know, you'll know inside of you, you know, when, when my mom yelled at me or when my dad mm-hmm. yelled at me when they did this, it made me feel this way, but it did work too. Mm-hmm. So let me figure out what part of it actually did work. Yep and what didn't and then you just morph it into your own style of of training and teaching Mm -hmm. and such for sure so what area um were you going to school at man so i was kind of all over the place um so i started off elementary school at sierra linda on the north side okay and then from there um i played we played played basketball there he was my coach there and then um my middle school was actually Fremont Junior High. Okay. So so I went from Sierra Linda to Fremont. And then from Fremont, I went to Wyneme High School. Hmm. Because, yeah, because I already had my family members there. And my dad went there. Like, everybody went there. Got so you. from Fremont, I went to Wyneme. So new set of friends, new yeah, set that's of a people. change. Different side of town. Different <laughs> codes to follow. Yeah. Different lifestyle and living on that side of town. So it allowed me to grow yeah. as a person and see just another side of how Oxnard is. So it taught me a lot. So when you um, transferred over to Wainimi, what year was that? Uh, 2003, 2004. Okay, so you were a freshman 2004? Yeah, or? I graduated in 07. So 07, I, okay, mm-hmm. cool. I actually graduated Wainimi in 03. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so you probably know Josh. Uh, yeah. You, he's, that's okay. your brother. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think he was a little younger than me, but because uh, he's 04. Got you. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, I was just talking to uh, Mo yesterday. Yeah. You know Mo, I know Mo. The barber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mo. Uh, I was telling so him that I was going to have you on the podcast. Yeah. 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 Graduated and I came in. Yeah, but I get what you mean about there being a you know different codes. You know, coming mm-hmm. from the north side of Oxnard to the south side of Oxnard. So what was that like with a whole new different set of friends and you just had to make a, a new life? It was challenging because like I had the same group of friends from elementary school because from elementary you go to free, like, you know, that's similar yeah. to EO Green going straight exactly. to, or Blackstock going straight to Wainimi. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know the same people. So for me to be a freshman and not really know anybody my age, like I knew, like I knew the the older cats because that's who I kind of grew up with. They were all juniors and seniors by then, but like freshmen my age, I didn't know anybody. So it was like, it was kind of tough the first couple weeks cause, cause I had to kind of find myself Yeah. within my own class. Mm. But like recess and lunch was fine. But like when you're in a class of 30 people and you don't know anybody and everybody else is talking and it, it was tough. So I, it, it, it challenged me to be more outgoing and be comfortable in a room full of people that, that, that don't know me. And then you get to a point where, like I said, it's a different set of codes. You got people that may be in the, in the streets looking at you crazy in class like who are you like where are you from yeah like, who's this new kid like and they're trying to like you know stare at you and test you and it's like it's a whole different you know experience yeah so, but I, I was able to adapt fairly quickly because i gravitated to kids that were on the football team so 
through that, I started meeting the people that they were in junior high school with. And it was probably like a week before, yeah. a week or two that I got really got settled in. Oh, got you. That's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. But that initial first week trying to find your classes, trying to figure out who's in them. Yeah. It was a struggle. I probably got settled in maybe like a, a week or two after graduating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. High school wasn't that cool for me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't play no sports. I wish I did, man. Yeah, so that, I mean, sports, That was, if I didn't play sports, I don't know how, you know, how quickly I would have adapted yeah you know at, at your adult age you look back and you think you know the best thing to do is just to stay busy in yeah. whatever it is you know and you're into a new school new environment you might as well just get busy join a club or a sport or something like that mm-hmm. you know I, I could i could totally see that being beneficial for sure so you're playing these three sports yeah um which one did you end up taking more serious than the other or which one did you gravitate more so, towards? I didn't take, I took them all serious. So it was like, the if it was football season, I was all in on football. If it was basketball, I was all in on football. I mean, on basketball. But um, I was just more gifted at basketball, where it was just something that just came, came easy. Not, not easy, like I worked really hard, but it was definitely something that I was really good at basketball gotcha um although i was good at football so it's hard it's hard to tell but basketball it it is just different it's just a different love for it for me got you so did you play basketball and uh football all four years Mm -hmm. got you so tell me about this bro because i was uh i'm the guy that is uh at the the snack bar with the nachos Uh just kind of like watching from the outside Mm -hmm. You're the guy on the field, bro. Yeah. You're the guy in the mm-hmm. locker room, you mm-hmm. know, coming out to the whole school. And at that age, man, the whole school could be the whole entire world because that's yeah. all we knew. This was even before social media. Mm-hmm. What was that that like, dude, just coming out and just just seeing everybody there to see you guys play? Like to be, you know how you hear that, that, that I don't know if it's a myth or the cliche or the whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, where it's just like, that Friday night lights thing yeah. where it's like, it's a real thing. So like just being on a Friday night, like the lights are on, the grass is freshly cut, all your closest friends and family in the stands, you might be playing against a rival. Like there's, it's just, there's no other feeling like it. Like, and being like one of the, one of the star players on the team where you're catching the touchdowns, you're getting the interception and everyone's chanting for you. It's like, it's kind of like an out of body experience really it is it's like it's i don't know it's it's just hard it's just hard to explain like when you're in it yeah so it's like it's a like an undescribable feeling unless you've actually been that been that person so yeah so so i mean it's probably undescribable but say you're you're going out and you're you're running and you see that the the quarterback sees that you're open and the ball is mm-hmm. going to come to you. Mm-hmm. Are you just thinking like, yo, this is business as usual? I've done this a thousand times mm-hmm. or is is the whole world just weighing on you and if I don't catch this, everybody's going to see that I didn't <laughs> catch it and this could cost us the game. Well, it's it's always been a thing when the ball's in the air, I always thought it's my ball. Like if there's a defender there, somebody there, I'm going to find a way to catch it or try my best to get this ball down. However, there's 
I had so it's funny you say that there's this one one play in particular we we're playing against Oxnard like both stands are packed right they're the number one team in the league and we had an opportunity to win so I run like this perfect route it's like a 60 yard bomb it's just me and the ball and all you can hear I can't hear anything the crowd got silent mm. everything's silent it's just me and the ball first drop of the year boom drop it fourth quarter yeah no what could have could have won the game oh no so and you got to think like up into that game it was like i'm getting like a touchdown two touchdowns a game interceptions like just killing it right yeah biggest play of the season boom drop fuck and you already know how those rivalry games are oxnard wainimi wainimi ci yeah oxnard pacifica drop god so it's like man that's that's the only time where it was like you know i had a drop like that yeah and then just having to live with that oh and then to even so here here's a here's a weird thing to, to go on a tangent so this was back when uh oh my bad i'm You're straying right. away from the thing so that night had the biggest drop like in my high my high school career so it was myself and a couple of my buddies as I'm going, like, I'm pissed. I'm, like, slamming stuff in the locker room. We lost. We lost by seven. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I drop it, so I'm pissed. I'm pissed. So um, that this is what I tell you about is different on the side of town. So I'm upset. I got two of my friends with me. I'm, I'm going to my car. As I go to the car parked behind Wainimi High School, if whoever's uh, not familiar with Wainimi High School, it's like, the the field and then you go to a street and it's a long dark street especially at like 10 o'clock at night after after the game there's no lights back there so i was parked um down the street and like right on the corner got you got you there's like the neighborhood behind the football field Mm -hmm. and it's really dark back there not the best part of the neighborhood yeah either so as i'm upset i get I'm getting into my car. We all get into the car. I'm like, I just cut the car and I'm sitting there. I'm staring at the steering wheel. And as I'm staring at the steering wheel, thinking about my drop, some dude comes out the bushes and points a gun inside my car. No lie. But I had just cut the car on. So like, as I see him reaching in the window, I quickly put it in drive and I smashed the gas. And then (laughs) as I hit the gas, it hits his arm out the window. And then I make a left, and then I make a right down um, J Street. Yeah. And then I make a left on Bart, and then I go all the way down, hit Ventura Road, and I was gone. <laughs> so, like, it was, it wow. was, it's cra- just a crazy night. But that just comes with, I guess, being on that side of town. <laughs> wow. That's so then wild. It, yeah. So that was another thing in perspective. Like, I'm over here talking about a, a football game. Yeah. I almost died. Like, wow. crazy. What were you, like 17? Mm hmm. 17. That's terrible, man. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Wow. So th- it's, it's, those are like just like different scenarios you get put in. Yeah. Just, I don't know. All right, guys, we got to take a quick break for our sponsors. Big shout out to Heel Toe Auto. An important part in buying Honda parts online is making sure that you can trust the company you're dealing with to get you the right parts reliably. You spend a lot of money and you spend a lot of time researching 
researching guys that means looking up you spend a lot of time we'll just change that to looking up your build the last thing that you want to do is send cash to a website where you may never see it again or worse yet never see the parts that happens all the time ask your friend everybody's always getting jacked in the community because they're not supporting people like heel toe auto because with heel toe automotive an 18 year history and track record is part of the deal heel toe brings you deep industry connections professional part recommendations alternative ideas when your parts aren't available and they'll even contact you if something on your order looks out of the ordinary before shipping your stuff one thing about marcus and about heel toe auto is he takes a lot of pride in his website if you go to heeltoeauto.com you could actually set up your own profile so say you have a whatever 2003 tsx and you order some parts for an eg marcus is going to say yo bro what's really good what are you doing are you doing something new crazy or you just don't know what the hell you're doing because that's why i'm here to help out heel toe's unique checkout allows you to select a deadline to receive your parts to make sure you get them in time for your project plans you can buy parts online anywhere but heel toe knows what truly matters to an enthusiast professionalism swiftness and accuracy heel toe is in your corner make sure you guys check them out at heeltoeauto.com or on instagram at heeltoe automotive and if you want you can always give them a call or a text 949-295-1668 damn man you know i, I don't know if it was uh just the way that I navigated or what have you, but I was never into any of those type of problems. Maybe I could always see that, hey, it's probably not the best idea to be around yeah. this part of town or whatever, but it's so weird. If you guys are from Oxnard, if you listen, you know that there's these little pockets mm -hmm. and it could just be a few streets, a little neighborhood here or there, and you just get like that feeling inside of you like, hey, this is probably not the best place that mm -hmm. I should be at. And unfortunately, the uh, the school falls like right, right, there. right in the middle. <laughs> but but it's just weird. Like that. Like I followed everything to the T. Yeah, got good grades, stayed out of trouble, played three sports, played varsity. Like walking to my car almost became deadly. <laughs> like I was not even a part of that environment. Right. Yeah. And then just walking to my car, it was almost over. You know what? That's so funny that you say that, dude. Uh, last night, uh, I watched a podcast. Uh, it's called Impulsive um, with uh, Logan Paul and uh -huh. uh, Mike Malak. Uh, I think that's how you say his last name. But anyways, they had 6 9 on the podcast. <laughs> you know, so ever since uh, all the shit happened with 6 9 and the snitching, I was like, dude, I, I can't back this no more. Like, I see exactly yeah. what this is. I was hoping that he came out. And he just wanted to change his life. Learn from your lessons. Everybody deserves yeah. a chance to learn from their lessons. But nope, still on the same bullshit, you know? And then curiosity. I want to hear this podcast because I haven't heard him in an interview, you know, with somebody that's pressing him from outside of the culture because that's like YouTube culture, you yeah. know? It's different than rap culture. So he was talking and he was saying pretty much the same thing that you're saying. You know, X, that was like my good friend, you know? He got killed over $50,000 in his own neighborhood. No security or no nothing, just, just living life, you know. And mm -hmm. then uh, he mentioned somebody else that they, they ended up getting killed in some unfortunate way. And he's saying, you know, 
if I would have, they've done the right things. They did what they needed yeah. to do. They, you know, they went to school. They got good grades or whatever. Mm. They they played on the football team. Man, it just you just never know. You never know. You never know when it's your time, man. And and things have not been more apparent than this year, yeah. man. This year's you know, been you, revealing. Yeah, you could really be the best type of person and do the best things and something still bad could happen to you. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that to seem like I'm saying just be an asshole because, yeah. you know, because that has a weight on your life as well. But it's not, it's kind of takes away that, uh, that feeling like, well, if I do this, if I, if I'm a good person, if everything, if I do everything the right way, then I'm going to have a good life. And that could not happen. But Two, you know, you look at things at another way. A situation is what it is. It really depends on the way that you take that situation and the way that you turn it around in your own head mm -hmm. to be able to justify it or something, you know? So even if that situation happened to you when you're 17, you could have left that angry yeah. that somebody was trying to take your life. Maybe you caught a glimpse of this person. Mm -hmm. Maybe you would have taken a different path, you know? And that's like we were talking about earlier, those smallest little decisions that you make. Mm -hmm. You could either go one way yep. or another. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, everything happens for a reason, I would say. But that was kind of extreme to get me to learn a life lesson. <laughs> that was really, really life or death. But, yeah, um, definitely, man. But it also, that situation made me realize it was just a game. It was just a, a drop. Like you'll have another opportunity. Like like you have another day to, like you're living another day. Like, yeah. you know make you know, make the best of it. And then, I mean, I continue to have a pretty good season after that, but... It, you know, it, it allowed me not to dwell on that worst football game I've had. Yeah. So, so I mean, it was a life lesson in there, but wish it didn't take, you know, yeah. situation. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, looking back, you know, that's probably a pivotal moment that, that helped you get to where you're at today. Mm -hmm. But yeah, sometimes I just think back to him like, uh, you know, I love that lesson that I learned from that, mm -hmm. but I kind of wish I learned it on like a little milder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. And you wow. know that whole saying, like, I don't know, man. It's just staring at a gun like that. That was the scariest thing ever. Do you think you still carry that weight to this day? Um, at, and at, to an extent, because I always, like, if, if, like, you ask my friends or people that are close to me. Yeah. I'm all anytime I enter a room or I'm at a place I'm ex observant uh, like I'm watching like watching everything because you just never know like you just don't so it just always has me observing yeah just so I can if a situation presents itself I've, I've identified it early <laughs> and I could get out or yeah. warn something like it's, it's just like living with that yeah it's like the third sense man a lot of people out here have yeah, that but for that, sure and, and you got to think mostly everybody operates like that like i don't even think that's healthy yeah no <laughs> hell no dude hell no you know even the the whole culture of that you know robbing and gangs and things like mm -hmm. that all that is is just trauma yeah. and it's trauma passed on from generation to generation mm -hmm. and and trauma 
you know, misworded as, you know, like strength and, and power. And, you know, I want people to be afraid of me. And, and you know, I want I want to be the baddest guy or I want to mm-hmm. I want to be the coolest person. But, dude, it's, it's crazy, man. All of that shit. When you look at it, you're like, man, these are just a bunch of insecure yeah. kids. And not to disrespect, mm-hmm. but it's just like I feel sorry for them, man, because mm-hmm. they're stuck in this in this lifestyle in this like freaking tornado bro that they cannot get out of because everything is inside of it you know the grandparents Mm -hmm. the great-grandparents you know your stories of my family they were they were in this gang and they did this and this and i want to rep that too you know but it really what it is is i want to make my family proud i want my parents Mm -hmm. to be happy for me that it at like the base of it that's what it comes down to okay well what's gonna make them happy well you know if i join the gang that they're in or whatever and it's just Mm -hmm. it's sad man i feel bad for a lot of these people yeah there's uh it boils down to like you said it's like generational right and the values of that particular family like if that's what they value and it's like i'm making this person proud by doing this then it's like you can't even really fault the younger generation if they're taken from the older generation so at a point i think that something has to give something it's like someone has to come in and change the generational like i don't want to call it a curse because i mean in a way it is because you end up like everyone says you end up dead or in jail Mm -hmm. so it's like i wish it can start with like this generation moving forward where you can just change those values like and show people that they're is more out there because some people only know their ra- the radius of their environment. Yeah. So like if your radius is of your environment is there's a gang here, there's a gang there, there's a liquor store here, there's there's people drinking at the park here. If that's like your daily yeah. circle and you've never been outside of that like you know. Yeah. So I think as a as a whole like when we can if we can just get the information st- to like the younger generation like hey especially now with social media there's more opportunities to tap into other areas and that in what you like where you can find something that you like that you might turn into a business or you might turn into a business opportunity or you can seek an opportunity through social media because now more than ever like there's more shortcuts like as bad as it sounds like mm. you can be 14 15 and catch fire on youtube yeah or catch fire on instagram and boom you you built a business yeah you know so just getting that information out there that there's more out there yeah i love it man and i love to talk to people like yourself from the area who grew up out here who knows what the struggles are like and who's made it past that mm-hmm. and uh you know, now you're able to to reach down and help somebody out. And maybe it's somebody that's on the border of, you know, I like playing basketball, but this is my life over here. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get away from this. Maybe you could be the person that yeah. that helps them with that. You know, I always tell people, you're really just one generation of changing the trajectory of your bloodline. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my guy out there, RC, he just, I always say this all the time, he just moved from Phoenix He's lived in Phoenix for 35 years and he just moved out here. And I tell him, look, bro, like if you just stay out here, 
your daughter, she's going to come out here. If you meet a girl, you have a baby. This is where your anchor is going to be at. Yeah. And the rest of your family after this is going to have no idea about Phoenix. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how Phoenix is, but I just know it's hot out there. So (laughs) your kids aren't going to have to grow up Uh in the oven. You know, they're going to they're going to grow up right here in SoCal by the beach like you made that change. Mm-hmm. Just one person out of that whole, out of his whole entire family that is located in Phoenix. It just takes that one person, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't think that people really understand that they have that sort of strength inside of them to be that one person mm-hmm. out of their family, out of their friend group. But you, you got to be strong. You got to, yeah, strong, strong, and have courage. And because a, a lot of people get caught up in. My family's been here for four generations. Like, this is where I want to raise my family. But four generations, like, like you guys are all in the same cycle. Like, at what point do you want to take, a, you know, take your your family's, you know, history and elevate it? Yes. So, so now the next generation, you know, has a better start than w- what you had. So I just think you're right. It's strength. And encourage and then being it being the one to say you know what i'm gonna make that change yeah i mean which is hard you know even for yourself you're Mm -hmm. saying it's good to hear from other people to to hear that the work that i'm putting in is being recognized you Mm -hmm. know because you know from being out here you're used to being shit on all the time even when you do good yeah you know even when even when you uh, you had that unfortunate thing happen after the game, maybe you went to the house party or something after uh-huh. that, or whatever, and people are like, you tell people, you'd be like, yeah, maybe if you would have caught the ball there, yep. that wouldn't have happened. The, the funny thing about so so here's the th- here's the funny part about that is there's people that I still hear that are living in that high school game still, <laughs> like <laughs> like like I it's it's crazy. It's like. All the things I've done, it'd be like, man, remember that game versus Oxnard when you? I'm like, we are still talking about that. <laughs> That's who they're like, comparing themselves to. Yeah, they're comparing themselves to the 17 it, year old. It's you. like, but but for me, it's like, I've had so many other positive wins that I call wins. Like from that, I I've graduated college. I've started a business. I've worked with some of the best NBA players like that play. I've you know I've mentored and helped kids you know get through maybe uh, a tough pocket in their life or or grades or or have them join their first basketball team they've ever been on like i've done all that and then you guys are talking about you still (laughs) ain't shit a football game that happened 13 years ago Oh yeah, man, <laughs> definitely, man. And that's when once you start going down that path, then you have to realize that, yo, I gotta, I gotta start unloading this ship, or I'm gonna sink like the Titanic, yeah. man. So it's just, man, I just wish that our as a as a whole, like high school isn't the last stop. Where like some, like they always say, some people peaked in high school, or yeah. some people had their their best years or their high school year like i wish that that wasn't the case for anyone yeah you know that after high school you just kept getting better and better and better and better yeah well i feel like uh we're in the age of um changing stigmas Mm -hmm. around you know i feel like the the world is upside down and right now there's a lot of bad but then there's a lot of good too Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of light being shed on things that that 
needed to be exposed. And, um, you know, this could be one thing, you know, in high school, this is, this is a stepping stone. This isn't something that you're yeah. going to peek at, you know, and, and even college, the same thing. Mm-hmm. These are all stepping stones and you're going to keep going. But at the time that you feel like you, you have everything, you know, everything and you're, you're the best, like you, that's a scary time man. you got to reevaluate because once you get to that point, that, that that's you peaking, mm-hmm. you know, so you got to figure out something. You got to figure out where you're bad at, in, at something in, in some kind of realm mm-hmm. and focus on that. And um, because, yeah, you're just going to definitely slow things down. Mm-hmm. I say that too, man. I'll see people that are my age and I'm like, whoa, bro, you're like 45. Yeah. <laughs> life just took over, man. Yeah. And you just can't, you can't let life win. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a competitive nature. It's like, like I hate to use it, but it's like, it's a game. There's a set of rules, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you you can't break them. Yeah. You're like certain things to follow to be successful at whatever it is you're you're trying to accomplish. So it's like just competing with myself, like developing new new trophies, new championships. Like, yeah, I want to do this, and then just you know go go as hard as you can until you achieve it hell yeah man mm-hmm. so let's talk about college uh what did you where'd you end up going um to college so i started out at a uh, ventura college okay so i played so when i got to college is when i just went uh to play basketball full-time basketball full-time no basketball and it was eye-opening for me because i was able to actually focus in on one of the sports and I found myself getting even better mm-hmm. at basketball than I have been in the past. Like, so then I started out of Ventura College, had a, a successful year. We were like number four in the state. Um, we won conference. However, the last game before playoffs, I injured my right knee mm-hmm. and I had to have surgery. Ouch. So then um, from there, I had a, I didn't get an off season because my knee was injured. So it was just rehab. And um, it was funny. I got cleared the day that we started official practice for the next season. So I didn't have an off season. So part of the first season, I I mean, the season was like me, like rehabbing, like on the job, on the job training type stuff for my leg. Wow. Yeah. But not a lot of people knew because I I didn't want to, I didn't want any excuses. I was like, my leg's probably like 75%. So I'm going to figure out how to play. Mm-hmm. So, and I did, we ended up, uh, having another, we won league again. Um, I ended up having a, a MVP of a tournament, um, that we played in. Um, so we had another successful, another successful season. And then from there, um, long, I had a, I had a handful of scholarship offers mm-hmm. and then, um, I ultimately decided to play at Northridge. Okay. So then I had a brief stint at Northridge and then the coach and I had a, we didn't see eye to eye on certain things. So then I decided not to play for that coach anymore. And ultimately that was my last stop. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So at that point I just stayed at Northridge and just finished school and then got right into what I'm doing now. Gotcha. So what did you uh, actually graduate with? What degree? Um, kinesiology and exercise science. 
what is kinesiology? <laughs> yeah, I, man. It's funny. <laughs> I tell people kinesiology, like, what is that? So it's basically the um, study. Mind of, reading. The, uh, no, no. no. <laughs> the study of human movement. Okay. So the body, everything the body does, the, the bones, the ligaments, the, the muscles, why things move, the joints, like top to bottom. So within that degree comes you can be physical therapist, person, uh, fitness trainer, personal trainer, um, and all those same prereqs are the same. Like the the classes you take to do kinesiology are the same classes the nurses and the doctors have to take. Gotcha. And I did not know that going in. Mm. <laughs> I got there because I mean, I was good at school, but. I mean, you either got to have that drive where I want to be studying all the time to, I wasn't, I wasn't like that. So I, I took kinesiology thinking like, oh, it's going to be like, I'm going to learn how to teach people how to lift weights and do all this stuff. Cool. But I didn't know you had to memorize hundreds of bones and oh. every muscle and how a muscle contraction works, like all these things. So it was, that was the toughest thing I've ever had to do. <laughs> was wow. past those classes i bet man did uh learning kinesiology did that help you with uh basketball in any way um not necessarily basketball but it allows me to expand my brand mm -hmm. because not only can i train basketball now i can show you how to reach your fitness goals too so it's like if you're a player who lack speed or needs more upper body strength or needs more flexibility like you don't have to go anywhere else like i can show you how to do all those things so it's kind of like a it helped me in that sense where like if i have a client or or a player that wants to develop yeah he doesn't have to leave and go s seek another trainer for whatever got you got you got mm -hmm. you okay so when you uh stopped playing basketball at northridge what was the time of uh what was the gap of time from then to when you graduated so i had about i was supposed to have like a a year left so two semesters but how man school system i can go do a whole nother podcast mm -hmm. on the on the on the school system so how how they have it structured is they only offer certain classes certain times of the year so like i could have gotten out of there in a year yeah but it and they have it set up like you have to take this class before you take this class before you take this class before you take this class but these classes are only offered once a year so it's things oh. like that would happen so it would be like i would have to fill my schedule with like electives or like something else to maintain my full-time status yeah um but then I, like, I had to stay longer because not all the classes were offered at the same time. So it took me two years, what I should have been able to do in one. Got you. Just because how the classes are, are mapped out. So you not playing on the basketball team anymore, Did uh, how did that make you feel? It, it was the, f so I've always played basketball for the love of the game, right? So... Once I got to Northridge, I found out quickly that it was a business. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, basically, the coach basically was 
basically told me that they had their guy already that was going to play my position. So they they got me there, and then they were like, this is our guy. Like, Hmm. you're not going to play this season. You're going to have to sit behind him the whole season. Like, they told me that. Hmm. So I was like, so you got me here to tell me that I'm not going to play, right? And then so it was just a lot of back and forth, and I was like, that was the first time that basketball – was a business and it just took all the fun out. So then I so then so then once I walked away from that situation, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So I I spent months fi- trying to find myself. Like I didn't know how. I didn't know what to do with like I wasn't playing a sport. I was just at school away from home. Like I was living in the in the valley. Mm-hmm. So I was just at like what do you, what does one do when you've played sports for at that point, 15 years of your life, nonstop, and then you finally stop. Wow. It was just like, yeah. So it was, I had to do a lot of soul searching, and then I could have I I went other places to play, but it, it was just this weird, I was just at a weird place where I was like, because my, my, whole, my whole career is like, you put in the work, you become the best at what you're doing, you play yeah right so then in this case put in the work was the best player i could be got here and you said i'm not gonna play but my and then coming from a junior college you only get two years right yeah you get two years to play so you're telling me you want me to participate in practice and do all these things and i'm a waste a year and you got me here saying i was gonna play and then i get here, you tell me i'm not gonna play so wow. I was, so I I felt that that wasn't honorable. It wasn't what we agreed on. And then by that time, basketball season. By the time the basketball season comes, it's already you've already finished your first semester in college. So I'm already enrolled in my classes for the year. So mm-hmm. it's like, what do you do at that point? Yeah. And then you you transfer. You say you say I transfer. Then you risk sitting out a year for transferring. Like all this stuff. So it's like, do I prolong that or do I just graduate? Got you. So then I made the decision just to put my head down and get my degree. Yeah. Next, we got to show some love to Action Clutch. One of the most critical parts to any build is the clutch. Without a proper clutch, you won't be able to get that power to the wheels. It's definitely true. I know everybody listening here has had a clutch that they bought from somewhere and uh, you know, you're super excited to take it to the dyno and hey, uh, your clutch slipping, gotta get a new clutch, gotta get a new appointment, wasted that appointment, just sucks, man. No one wants to spend hundreds of dollars on a clutch that won't hold the power for more than a few races or spirited drives. That's why it's important to go with a kit that you know that you can count on. That's why many people choose Action Clutch over the competition. Action Clutch is made in the US with material sourced locally in Los Angeles, which is super awesome. You know, I'm really glad that Action Clutch is part of Downtime with Downstar family because I love to support a grassroots company such as Action Clutch, Um, you know, parts made in LA. You can actually go to the facility if you guys wanna go check them out and see how they're made. 
Uh, they have clutches that will support up to 1200 horsepower and can be found anywhere from streetcars to formula drift vehicles. Not only are they made in the US, but they have made a strong focus this year to give back a percentage of sales to the community doing, during these hard times, providing impact to families with groceries and other necessities. That is a huge one, man. And uh, this is another reason why I like to support Action Clutch is because they are a family business and they know what it is for uh, families to be um, you know, struggling and need some help, man. So when they got into the uh, position to help, they are definitely helping and um, nothing greater than that, guys. Make sure you contact Action Clutch today with whatever you need and they'll give you the family treatment. Make sure you guys check them out at actionclutch.com and if you don't see what you need, you can always hit them up on Instagram. Shoot them a DM at Action Clutch or you can always give them a call at 323-269-6051 or you can email them at sales at actionclutch.com. Thank you guys for listening and back to the show. So at this time when you're trying to figure yourself out, what were some of the things that were, were coming to your mind that uh, maybe you weren't focusing on because you were playing sports for you know the last 15 years or so? What do you, what do you mean? Uh, what were some of the things that you realized when you had so much free time, when you didn't have somewhere to, to dedicate your uh, attention to? You say you were, you were doing yeah, some soul searching. I, what were some of the things that you found? Just like your identity, right? Because the whole time it's like, oh, that's D. He, he plays basketball. Mm. Oh, he, he, he plays football. Like that has been my identity. So now I'm, I'm D, the Northridge college student. Yeah. And then like being in a school with not really knowing anybody. And like I like it goes kind of back to the Wainimi story where it was like, I'm on campus with people I don't know at all. So then when people were like, hey, man, like, where are you from? What do you do? And I can no longer be like, oh, I'm on the basketball team. They're like, oh, I'm going to come see you, check check you out. I would be like, oh, I'm D. I'm uh, I'm just here. (laughs) They're like, okay, like. You know, it's a different conversation. It's yeah. like with playing sports comes a, a just a totally different how people kind of view you. It's like it's different. So I, I spent a lot of times going to parties, college. Like, you know what I mean? It's so easy. There's a, you know, so I got caught up in that for that cycle, like going to class. So, oh, there's a there's a college party over here. Let, let's go like stuff yeah. like that. And I got caught, I got kind of got caught up in that for a while. What was that like? It was fun. I'm not, gonna, you earned it. I, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like <laughs> I know, I know I've, I've missed basketball, but being able to be a college kid and experience, you know, how everyone says college is the best years of your life. Like being able to actually be a college kid and not have the responsibility of five o'clock practice. Yeah. Uh, uh, six o'clock p.m. study hall like not being on such a schedule like that and just kind of being free it was it was fun so yeah. it, it it's just you know it's good to have those times though mm-hmm. man you know i know when you're in them your brain is just thinking about you know i could be doing this i'm setting my goals further even back because now i'm not focusing as much i was on basketball but yeah. You're really getting some memories there too, yeah. you know. And at the end of the day, when we're on our dying bed, all that we have left is mm-hmm. our memories and how vivid you can remember 
those memories mm -hmm. and um you know I, i find that with myself too you know being so hard on myself and wanting to just keep going and going and going and going mm -hmm. then you got to realize sometimes yo you need to you need to slow down a little bit and you need to to have some sort of pleasures mm -hmm. you know instead of everything just being so structured and work and work hard you know not sleeping just hustling all day like yeah man you'll get burned out dude mm -hmm. and this life is a marathon it's not it's not a sprint it's not at all so the person that can you know keep us a, a steady pace are the, the ones that are usually you do well yeah so you're uh you're having this different style lifestyle that you've never had um mm -hmm. what are, what are your thoughts on all of that were you thinking that you had to uh you were doing something bad or were you just experiencing life as it was coming so i i don't i don't feel like i was doing anything bad you're talking about in co the college yeah yeah yeah, right? yeah i don't feel like i was doing everything bad um it's just a uh, just new experiences new people new experiences um not like i said not being on a schedule like yeah. being at a party two three in the morning you got class at eight <laughs> you know you yeah. you know just doing college stuff yeah right so it i mean i learned a lot of like i learned actually and then like we always said like it was extreme but like that little pocket of time made me learn more about myself than when i was an athlete right because you have to adapt and figure yourself out and start to develop new habits and it's a totally different mindset yeah while maintaining your college courses which were extremely hard mm -hmm. compared in comparison to the high to your high school classes yeah and even junior college level classes so it i found out that i was able to do difficult things that i didn't even think i can do hmm so you were able to take the uh the difficulty that comes with you know playing three sports mm -hmm. at the same time and and translate that into you know uh school work and uh, accomplishing mm -hmm. other goals yeah um there's a uh these two classes that everyone in our major hates is like a physiology this physiology class that you have to pass and um like another biomechanics class that you have to pass like if you don't pass these with passing grades you don't get a diploma mm. so you can have 99.9 percent of your degree done but if you don't pass these classes you won't they won't even give it to you gotcha so with that i knew what was at stake so it was just like being an athlete again i was like this is what I have to do to, this is the championship trophy. This is what I have to do. Like I had to do flashcards. I had to record lectures. I had to form my own study groups. I had to study instead of playing video games in college, I had to study, study like, and that mental tough, like discipline that I was able to do. Cause I've never done anything like that before. And then to end up passing it, it was one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And then after passing it, it was like a breath of fresh air because now I get to graduate. Yeah. And then so, like, I, I I look at that experience because not a lot of people around me was graduating from college or anything of that sort. Yeah. So, 
I flipped my mindset like this, like since I'm not playing basketball anymore, but this is still a huge accomplishment to be able to lock in and graduate. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. definitely, man. Especially since most basketball people play basketball so they can get a scholarship yeah. so they can go to college, mm-hmm. you know, and get that degree. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though that, that didn't work out in Northridge as far as basketball, you still got the end goal, yeah. which was the degree, mm-hmm. which is awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you. So after you got that, then what was, uh, then what was your mindset? Because now you're outside of college. You're not even D who goes to Northridge yeah. and is, is studying. Mm-hmm. You have it already. So what was what was the next step? So th- this, this is the thing I don't, where I'm at odds with the educational system. Because yeah. this is what I, this is my personal opinion and what I went through. So you spend all this money to go to school, right? You get the, the, the degree and then I'm graduated. Got my piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Where's the money? Where's the jobs at? Okay. So then... All the jobs in my field are talking about, oh, you got to do a, a year intern program unpaid. So I'm like, so you're telling me that I just went through all this schooling and you want me to do an unpaid intern and I'm a grown adult with bills. Yeah. So then that's one of the things that I, I didn't agree with. Like you're just assuming that I have time yeah. to work for free. Right. Um, so that's one of them. And then the second one is you work your butt off and then they want you to start at minimum wage and build yourself up mm. like because you have no work experience yeah right so like they they're like we need a year's work experience and you can make this but if you don't have your work experience you start off at the at this rate so i'm like how are you supposed to develop work experience if i'm at school full time so then i'm like I'm out of like I'm out of school. I don't have a job. <laughs> so I'm like this makes no sense. Right? I put in all this time, all this effort, all this money into school just to be offered a minimum paying job. I said this is backwards. So at that point in my mind I was like I'm going to figure out how to work for myself. <laughs> I was like there this like I had the accomplishment, but it's not. I'm not getting any benefits from having this piece of paper. So at that point, I told myself I'm going to figure out a way to be working and generating my own income. So, but in the meantime, um, like five or six months passed where I was really looking for a job, applying, filling out the thing, and then you kind of get that honeymoon phase where college is over. Mm-hmm. I'm just about to have fun until I find a job. Yeah. So that was fun though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that was some of the best, my best, my favorite times. Man, I was living. Um, but so like six months passed, and then I I was talking to a good friend of mine, and he was working at Cost specifically at the time, and he was like, "Hey man, I know you like this is not what you went to school for, but they're hiring right now. Like I'll put in a good word. I know you can get hired because we need people like you." So I was like, "All right, I'll probably do it until I find you know the job that I want." So then that turned into like two years yeah. of working there. And then that's when I ran into the sports academy people. Wow. So had I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Had I not taken that job, like it's it's crazy how it works. So. Hmm. That's awesome, man. Yeah. But I didn't get, I still not really using my degree. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, it did teach you what you needed to learn, mm-hmm. you know, even, uh, you not being able to play or you quitting 
the basketball team mm -hmm. and then realizing that those skills that you had in sports can transition over into life skills mm -hmm. you know that's that's a huge accomplishment right there but i totally get you man you know the whole the whole uh unpaid intern thing yeah I don't even know how that works. If anybody wants an intern for us, <laughs> we yeah. need some interns. But that doesn't make no sense, dude. Yeah, and then they they give you like you have to intern for this crazy amount of hours. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and then they so it's like say it's you have to do five hundred hours of interning. Say that's the number. So for you to reach that quickly, you have to work full time, mm -hmm. three hours. Or they'll have you stretch it out like, oh, you'll do four hours a week. But it's going to take you forever to get 500 hours at four hours a week. Yeah. So it, it, it the game is definitely rigged. But, I mean, it, it, it's it's beneficial for for the, the, the I don't want to, you know, get too deep into this. But, like, the families that are set, right? So, like. They just have like money everywhere. Yeah. Where where the kid can um take that unpaid internship, yeah. right? Because they don't have any financial responsibilities. So it works for situations like that. Yeah. Or they can take that starting position that's minimal, right? But not everybody has that that situation. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. We're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors. Manscaped. Big shout out to Manscaped for supporting Downtime with Downstar. They are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Super stoked to be able to have this Manscaped uh, Lawnmower 3.0. I remember back in the day that I would have to go to the barbershop and it was such a weird conversation to have to have. I mean, my boy was the barber, so it wasn't that weird, but every time that I would have to ask him to give me like a quick lineup down there, it would uh, it would not be the easiest conversation to have. And sometimes, you know, he would, the skin down there is a lot thinner than it is on your head. So I've walked out of there with a quick uh, little toilet papers on the sack, you know, but i um, super stoked that I have the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, 90 minute battery life, LED so you could even trim it up in the dark go in the closet if you don't want nobody to know what you're doing your little private time it's got a light in there 7,000 rpms man trim it up real nice not gonna be nicking up your balls like my boy Mo over at the barber lounge shout out to Mo but if you guys want to get down with this lawnmower 3.0 or if you want to get some of the uh, ball deodorant that's one thing that I didn't have over there he would use like the uh, like the green stuff just give it a quick little pat on it. it really did burn a lot <laughs> this stuff does not burn at all and if you guys want to just tone it up and get some of the, the ball toner as well please check out manscaped.com and use the checkout code dtwd for 20 percent off plus free shipping make sure you let them know that frank sent you from downtime with downstar i don't know who you're gonna let them know but make sure that you let them know that i sent you I think using the code is going to let them know that I sent you. So use the code DTWD for 20% off plus free shipping. And get with the Millennium, guys. Um, get hooked up. Hit them up. Back to the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm even thinking about it myself. You know, I, I, I didn't go to college. I tried to go to mm -hmm. Oxnard College a few times, but mm -hmm. just, you know, work seemed better to me because I got paid to do this. You yeah. know, and I didn't really have any any sort of goals 
you know, I want to graduate Oxnard and transfer to somewhere else. I didn't have any. I just knew that I needed to do something with my time that I just wasn't wasting mm-hmm. my time. But when I decided to focus my attention on, you know, the side hustle that I just found out mm-hmm. of nowhere and every time I feed into it, it just gets better and better, mm-hmm. you know, I would want my, uh, my son to kind of find himself find what works for you what do you like what interests you rather than just trying to find uh, a good career that pays well Mm -hmm. because that's what i always knew you know i i I wish i could go to college so i could get be a lawyer or something but be a lawyer like yeah why well i i never even showed any interest of wanting to be a lawyer you know i want to be a police officer or a firefighter or whatever an astronaut or I don't want to be any of yeah. these things. Mm-hmm. What do I want to be? What This is my only one life. Do mm-hmm. I want to just find a job that I get paid good Monday mm-hmm. through Friday, but Saturday and Sunday, I'm trying to squeeze everything in. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven days, I'm trying to squeeze everything into two days along with squeezing in fun. Yeah. For that's that's going to be my life. Mm-hmm. But wait till you till you till you um uh, retire. Then you'll right. be good. Bro, I'm not gonna be wanting to do shit when I'm 60, dog. Yeah. I want to do it now. Yeah. yeah, you know. So I would encourage anybody. Look, if you have any sort of skill, anything that you're in, any interest that you, that you have hobbies, like, dude, go towards mm-hmm. that, man. Yeah, I. So uh, one a big thing of my belief is just being self aware of your strengths and what you like to do, and find find something in that lane and go 100 miles an hour and try to do it because you're right a lot of people go into what their family wants them to do like we're all doctors you have to be a doctor you're all lawyers you have to be a lawyer and but i feel like being self-aware and be like you know what because i had to have the talk with myself i'm like man i don't want to keep working for other people what am i good at and then no-brainer basketball Mm -hmm. and then I'm what how can I how can I use my gift and create a business so I, I, I've been able to, to to do that so my my um, advice to anybody like whatever you're good at because like I said earlier in the pod is now more than ever you can get paid for doing a lot of things you like like so I know people that still play video games six, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. There's ways you can get money playing video games. There's ways you can start a channel and people will watch you play video games and you can get paid. You can generate revenue doing things you love. And it, it it's, it's, so the main thing I'm just trying to say, be self-aware, figure out what you're good at and just ride with that because you're right. You don't want to, make good money at a job that you're spending five six days a week at for 30 years and then get 60 and like then what yeah you got what are you gonna do like you know instead of finding something you love to do and then being able to do what you want to do as well yeah i mean it's hard for people to even understand that too like don't don't be on the pursuit for chasing money because that's the the when we've all been chasing for our whole entire life you know we've all Mm -hmm. been told like you know if you if you're rich you're a millionaire or whatever if your life is going to be easier yeah 
But that's not necessarily the truth. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you have money that you're going to be happy. If you're not happy when you don't have money, you're not going to be happy when you do have mm-hmm. money because you're going to understand that these material objects that you place so much value in and you think that they're going to change your life and I can't wait to get this car. I can't wait to get this house. Mm-hmm. I can't wait because now then these girls are going to like me. I'm going to my status is going to change, but once you go down that road, you're going to realize, wow, this car doesn't make me feel like I thought it was going to make me mm-hmm. feel. Yeah, now all these hot chicks like me, but they don't like me. Yeah. They like what I have. You know, and then you get to that real dark point where you're just like, damn, everything that I thought that life was going to be, everything that that goal that I thought, you know, I go to school, I go to college, I play basketball. This this is how I thought the game went. Nope, doesn't go like that. You're not playing no more. Nope, it doesn't get like that. Sorry, you're not happy anymore. You have all the money, eh, still not happy. You know, mm-hmm. and then you start thinking like, damn, I was more happy when I didn't have nothing. Yeah. And these are problems that you're going to have to deal with if you're not self-aware, mm-hmm. if you if you don't understand that I'm buying this, this Gucci belt, I'm buying this mm-hmm. so other people think that I have more than I do or even I have what I have. Yeah. I want these people to think of me higher. Mm-hmm. I want them to think of me that I'm, I'm rich or what have you. But then you'll get to a point where you really want these people to like you mm-hmm. for you yeah aside of all that stuff man mm-hmm. it's just so it's a lot to go through yeah and I, I that's another thing that to touch on too a lot of people are influenced by others opinions and thoughts or if i do this people are going to think this if i do this if people do this but like it comes down to if you do what you truly believe in and love you should be able to live with whatever comes with it so that's how i kind of see things like when i do things I've it's what I believe in and like if people don't you know agree or like it or have an opinion that's fine I can I can live with the fact that I but I've done it like you know how I wanted to the right way Mm -hmm. with some good core values and then I can live with whatever comes with that yeah because your um, intentions were pure Mm -hmm. and as long as your intentions are pure whatever comes out of that is just you know trial and error but at the end of the day you never have to look in the mirror and think like yo if you didn't do that if you didn't try to screw that person over you wouldn't be in this position which is a beautiful thing man it's beautiful to be able to just just be pure and say you know i, I like to do this because i like to do it no other ulterior motives and mm-hmm. if whatever way anything ends up going but you know what i tried that was mm-hmm. the best that i could do that i tried you know so let's go ahead and fast forward back to when you uh, started at the Mamba Academy. Mm-hmm. You and three other people have 100 kids that you have to figure out things. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that I've wanted to tap into a little bit. How do you motivate a young kid, a young teen? What, what are some of the tactics that you do to be able to tap into these kids to show them their true potential and motivate them to, to focus on it and to grow? So I the younger the kid is, the more um, positive feedback you give the kid because they're they're learning and I sometimes they feel pressure like, oh, I bounced it off my foot or I shot an air ball or this or that. So like as be as positive with those kids as as you can encourage them to ask questions like, hey, there's not a bad question. Ask um, whenever like whenever you want, just ask or like, things like that but there's also the kid 
that you already know has it. So when I see a kid that already knows has it, that's a different co- conversation mm-hmm. because it's like, hey, you have potential. You're like, you can go far in basketball if you really take it serious. Like, are you playing on a club team where, where you go to school? Like just, and then I can help guide the kid into the right direction because I feel, um, especially in like our city, Oxnard, there's not a lot of good guidance for the really talented athletes. Like I've seen the best athletes I've ever seen go down the wrong path mm-hmm. because there was no one there to show them like, this is what to do. Especially for me to be able to have went all the way where I, I can kind of like, this is what you should do. This is where you need to go. This is what you should do. This is, and then kind of give you the, a blueprint, a enhanced blueprint and then, don't do the mistakes that I did. Yeah, like you have an improved chance of reaching your ultimate goal. So I, I, I asked the kids early, like, what are your goals? Like, there'll be eight. What do you, what do you like? What are your goals? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in the NBA. I saw every kid's goal right, and yeah. like, I was like, okay, well, this is what it's gonna take. Like, I'd tell them young. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So when you have this kid that you say that uh, they just have it, what are some of the ways that you um, motivate that kind of person that you see that they have a skill set? Um, just constant, constant reminders of the the bigger picture. Like I have a, I have a kid right now. He's I think he's going to make it to the NBA. Mm. He's he's 12 years old. He's already almost six feet. He's touching the rim. Oh shit! Crazy athlete, right? So, I've been working with him on his skills. So I, I tell him every day. I was like, like every time I work with him, like, what's your goal? I want to go to the NBA. You want to go to the NBA? This is what we got to do today. Yeah, and you got to do it right. Or, or it'll be a day where we're not even using the ba- like basketball. It'll be like, oh, drive, like meet me here. It'll be yeah. like stairs. You want to go to the NBA? We got to do these stairs. <laughs> like like mm. and then he feeds off of it like if you keep like nba 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 keep saying this is where he's gonna get there yeah if, if he keeps the moment the workouts don't become important stop showing up or i'd rather go to the movies with my buddies stuff like that that's when you're losing sight of i'm not saying that that that's not good but Work out, do your thing, go hang out with your friends. Yeah. But don't start putting your friends and movies and hanging out in front of your dream. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so I can see it early with, with kids. And the, the most heartbreaking thing is when I see it and I talk to the kids and I talk to the parents and, hey, this is the game plan. And then the parents mm. hold the kid back. That is the mo- That's one of the most crushing things for me. Like your kid has potential, so I'm not everybody's going to make it to the NBA. But if you you can get a free free education out of this basketball process, right? Yeah. Why not? Definitely. So and and like not every kid's going to go to college, but like if you can have a, a a high school experience where you know you're on the team, you make friendships, you like, and even in high school you travel. You might go to San Diego. You might go to, you know, all these random places like basketballs helping you travel developing life skills social skills all these things like if i can just help somebody like 
be a better person throughout the way that's that's kind of like i just want to help basically <laughs> any way i can you like that's basically what i'm here for where do you feel like that comes from inside of you probably my my grandfather and my dad um so do you know much about my grandfather no so he he started a lot of the parks and recs programs in oxnard oh okay um the boxing gym um the pal all that stuff he's had a hand in and developing wow he was a he started out in parks and recs and then he was city councilman for like decades um the skate park on the south side no that's way his skate park. really mm -hmm. yeah so so that's kind of been the he's always kind of been the model for me where it's like i don't know how he has so much time in the day where it'd be like he'd be at city council here he'll be at the boxing tournament here he'd be doing a fundraiser here just like then he'll still make time to come to the my basketball game and i'm like how and then, like, if you talk to anybody that's ever known my grandfather, be like, man, he helped me to do this. He helped me start my this. He helped. He gave me my first job at at here, or like things like that. And then it kind of trickled down to my my dad, um, because he was really heavy heavy in the youth with the youth, uh, just developing baseball teams, basketball teams, taking kids from our city, going to vegas going at arizona san diego like taking kids that might not have ever left the city mm. to go play against some of the best talent in the world like at, when we were younger the best tournament to be at was the tournaments in vegas so we would go there and play against all these players mm -hmm. like just to be have those like taking kids and having experiences that like that i think that's where i get it from a mixture of those those two that's amazing, bro. Mm -hmm. I love it. What's your grandfather's name? Uh, Bedford Bedford Pinker. Bedford Pinker. So if the park on the south side is the Bedford Pinker skate park, it, really? If you right before you walk in, there's like a stone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, dude, that's yeah. awesome. So I I feel like it's just in me to continue like elevating what they what they've kind of set. Yeah. Just in my way though, because I'm I'm stubborn. Yeah. So like I want to do everything how i want to do it but still have the same effect at least you're doing it man trying to mm -hmm. Fuck. i love that skate park dude that's my really? skate park bro yeah. yeah my son and i i mean before covid we would go all the time mm -hmm. like at least once a week you know get off work yeah hey let's go to the skate park mm -hmm. just imagine that dude just having something like that with your name on it just yeah just that, being the outlet for everybody. And that that that's something like when you look back, like what did you leave behind? Like yeah. what's your legacy? Like for him, it's like every recreational program that we have is like he was like grassroots that developed it. So and then it, it's funny, like because Oxnard, we're known for boxing. Yeah. Right. It's just known for boxing. So just to see like a lot of the top fighters that were younger like robert garcia yeah. and fernando vargas all the, they all know my grandfather wow yeah. very cool, and then it's, and it's like it's crazy because we robert garcia win a title and then my grandpa grandpa be having <laughs> having food with his family yeah and, like like what's going like as a kid i was like man this is cool i don't know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> but he's hanging out with world champions and boxing and doing all this stuff i'm like man and he's a super cool cat too 
very cool cool, man Mm -hmm. dude that's awesome bro i love hearing that that's i mean my me personally i would love to make a a change in the community Mm -hmm. you know just at least be the motivation for somebody to to think that you know i can get out of this i can do what i want i don't have to take the traditional path Mm -hmm. rather the traditional path is to go to college you know to graduate go to college and work a career or you know join a gang and live that (laughs) type of life whatever it is like there's definitely options out here Mm -hmm. and you stumbled on the option man yeah for uh, you said about four years ago five years ago you started with mamba Uh so four and some change probably so after that that first interaction when did things start um where did things go from there after uh you got that first class it was tough because it was what I wanted to do, but I only had one class. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I have the opportunity. How do I, you know, build this up? Like, how do I build it up? So then it became, I turned one class into two classes and then two classes, four classes. And then before you know it, I had two classes a day, five days a week. So then at that point, that was just classes. So then from from those classes, I was able to start to um, have individual lessons with, with players. And then I was taking some of my previous clients that I've had in the past and bringing them to the facility. So then now those, two, those uh, 10 hours a week became 15 hours a week and then 20. And then before you know it, I was up to 35, 40 hours. And then at that point, I earned a full-time gig mm. or with benefits and all that stuff. So then from there, I kind of made a name for myself there just because I was doing everything they asked me to. Then I was doing camps. I was doing clinics. I was doing privates. I was doing everything that they've ever asked me to do there. So I built up a pretty good reputation with my co- with my co- my coworkers and stuff and then with the public and the kids. So then that's kind of where it became solid. And once I had that, I did that like for a few years. Yeah. But it, it took me six, seven, eight months of really gr- So here's the thing, man. So I was doing Casa Pacifica eight to three thirty from Camarillo to Thousand Oaks is like 20 minute, 15 minute drive. Yeah. So then I would get there and I would do sports academy from four to eight. So from three thirty to four, that's the only gap you had. Okay. And then I'll go. I would from four to eight. I was at sports academy. Okay. And then I had this the bright idea to try to get my masters. <laughs> so then, <laughs> oh, shit. so then from eight to the time I went to sleep, I was doing my masters program. Wow. <laughs> so, but oh, so the before that even starts, I'll wake up at four thirty to go to the gym. Oh my god! So my day would start at four thirty and end at like eleven or twelve at night, and I did that that schedule for four months. Wow! <laughs> Until I finally decided that I didn't want to do my master's program. <laughs> so then I stopped my master's program, and then from there I was like, I don't want to do school anymore. I don't even want to work at like I was burnt out like you said burnt out i was like and then it made me realize like i don't want to do anything but train so then at that point i only had like 20 hours Mm. 
hmm. at Sports Academy. I had 20 hours, so it's not full time. So then I got to the point where I just took a risk, to be honest. So I cut everything mm-hmm. and just went there. Wow. I, so, just, I just took a risk. That's awesome, dude. So mm-hmm. what was the conversation like with your uh, the the rest of the staff? Did they understand your vision or? Uh, it, it was hard because it was at a time. I, I, I told them my, what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so, so it came to a point where they were willing to work around my, my, um, basketball stuff. But then it was like, I was building up a name for myself where clients were starting to ask me, Hey, can you, can you do 9am? Gotcha. I'd be at work. Gotcha. Or I remember we had a day, they were shooting a commercial and they were like, Hey, can you be in this commercial? And then I'm like, I'm at work. And oh. it was like 10. And I'm like, so I, I'm missing out on commercial <laughs> opportunities. I'm missing out on money because clients want to work out in the morning. So then I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I, like, I think I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. So that was a, that was a hard conversation, but, I mean, I just took a took the took the risk, and it ended up paying off. And to to your traditional, uh, like person, where it's like you have to have forty hours a week, you have to have benefits, you have to have this. For me to leave a full benefit job, four hundred one k, to take a risk on something that's not certain, like people looked at me like I was crazy when I told them, "What you're leaving your benefits and this and that." I bet. And then I was like, I'm going to get them back. And they were like, man, you had a 401k set up. And I'm like, man, <laughs> you guys are talking to me crazy right, <laughs> crazy right now. So, but yeah, I was able to bet on myself a little bit. Hell yeah. And it ended up paying off like big right now. Like it, it's from the thing I, the risk I took two or two years ago, two and a half years ago for to leave. Yeah. It paid off. So you're talking maybe beginning of 2018, mid 17, probably, yeah, around there. Gotcha. Like I said, it runs like the years run together. I, I can't yeah. even remember. Especially when you're that busy, man. Yeah. Wow. I was, man, it was tough times. So let's let's kind of explain what a day to day would be like from when you started your uh the the new career what would it be like how many clients would you actually Mm -hmm. deal with through the day what type of clients are they and um yeah what what are your what's your future goals after this so bat uh how basketball is 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 seasonal okay it's really seasonal so like um the fall time fall is usually when the the all the players are playing with their school teams so um so it's it, you don't have as much time to train because they're with their school playing games or so so I mean you'll get some kids that are just like hungry where it's like I had three hours of school I'm gonna still want to come into a private you have those kids but during that time it's a lot slower because they don't have the as much time mm-hmm. so um like a daily schedule for me would be um how I used I used to have like college kids that were nearby in the area. So whether it was uh, Kowloon or they're coming from from 
like LA area or whatever, I would try to start them around 10. So I'd have them stacked up like the college guys from like 10, 11, 12. Then I'd take a, I'd take a break because I'm like, man, I'm going to do this different. I'm yeah, going to have yeah, a break. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to eat. <laughs> so then I would uh, take a little lunch break and then I would come back about two-ish. And then so then I would always try to stack someone two, three, like a, individuals. And then I have two classes. Four and five would be like clinics mm-hmm. where like anybody can come and it's mainly just kids that want to learn basketball so i teach and learn there and then after that i would either have more individual lessons after that stack or i would have club basketball practice so it's a whole different wave of people like kids Yeah, yeah yeah so that that would be like a typical day uh while i was with a sports academy now let's talk about now what is it uh what is it like like a typical day and what are the clients like now so for how it is right now is once covid happened um like all gyms everything shut down so at that point at that point um not only did the gym shut down is they started taking the rims off the parks (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And they that. started boarding up the, bo- the 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 rims and stuff. So at that point, I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> like Shit. like I'm out of I'm out of a job. Like I like I'm everyone's temporarily furloughed or laid off, whatever term you want to use. So like I was like, man, I'm a you know I'm gonna let a few days go by to like see what's going on because when COVID was fresh, no one really knew. Everyone was saying six weeks and we'll be back. We'll we'll lock down for six weeks mm-hmm. and it'll be gone. This type of stuff. So everyone it was still fresh, but then like three or four days went by and I'm just getting restless in the house because they're telling you don't go to anywhere, stay self quarantined in the house, don't go anywhere, and the stores didn't have nothing in them. So I'm just sitting there like thinking, what can I do? So then from there, I used Zoom mm-hmm. and I developed like online basketball classes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So so I reached out to my clients and parent their parents and I'm like, hey, like, I know it's like tough times right now. I know like I don't if you're interested, I don't want to like push it on you like, hey, do this, do this. I said, hey, like if you're interested, I'm going to be doing some online training all you need is a ball and like minimal space and we can I can work on some things that'll help them improve and I sent a mass message out <laughs> and then what was cool is I ended up having like 25 kids in my online class Very so cool. for like maybe a month and a half three three or four times a week so that was so I was able to learn how to utilize what we had and still maintain my business like my my business what yeah. I was doing so then that came into, and then we also heard that schools are shut, then like around that period, schools just shut down for the whole year. So now parent like from the online classes, parents are calling me frantic, like my kid's been in the house for, for two months. He needs to get out. Can you just go outside with him in the front yard and, and give him a private lesson? <laughs> get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I'll, I'll do it. I'll come. Yeah. I'll, I'll wear my mask. I'll, I'll keep my distance. Um, I'll do everything you want me to do. Follow all kinds of rules, whatever. Yeah. They were like, yeah. And then that turned into like 20, 25, like all the kids from the thing, from the online training, most of them 
ended up wanting to do private individual stuff. So from that, I was able to kind of stay afloat during the whole, the whole quarantine or whatever, whatever you want to call this. We're in (laughs) this time, this time. And I don't even know the names for it anymore. I can't even keep up. Wow. That's awesome that you were able to come up with that idea and make it happen. Mm -hmm. You know, um, this whole uh, this whole time has just messed up so many things, mm-hmm. and um, it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate, especially yeah. for these kids. They need this time. Yeah, and it, just a, to think about a young kid that has to stay inside all day and do school, and then don't have like a PE or a recess or any social hour. So like now, it's like. The parents want them to stay in shape so they get to hang out with me for an hour. I'll, you know, give them a good workout, have them run in, do some stuff. And then that's kind of like their their physical education. Yeah. Too. So I've been able to. To maneuver like that um, through these times. So I it, it challenged me to get think outside the box and get creative. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it, it's been cool, too, because it, it gets me out the house as well. Yeah. So I'm, you know, not just stuck in the house all day. So you say you have 20 or so kids that you would do, uh, was it one-on-one practice with? Like you would go to each house or? Yeah. So a lot, it started out one-on-one with everybody because I was just trying to somewhat follow the rules. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then it turned into like, oh, well, his best friend wants to join. Oh, well, his his brother is two years younger, but he wants to join. Yeah. Or I know so-and-so, we're real close with their family. They want to join. So, like, it kind of just organically grew. Very cool. Word of mouth, too. Um, So then it just started growing and growing and growing. Um, So that's, it's been like a, like, I don't want to use, like, COVID as, like, I don't want to say it's been, like, a good thing. But, like, the whole shutdown has uh gave me ways to grow grow my business yeah personally i know exactly what you're saying man i feel really bad about even saying any positivity coming out of covid but i mean Mm -hmm. it depends on what type of person you are if you're the type of person to just dwell on things and when something comes across that's out of the ordinary you just flip out it's probably not the best time for you right now. Mm-hmm. But if you're the type of person that thrives in any environment mm-hmm. and when the game changes, you still manage to uh, to keep going. I mean, this is our time to shine right now, man. Yeah. Definitely. A, a lot of how I see it, like it goes back to your, your competitive nature for me. It's like some people are going to, 2020 is going to, they're going to, win like they're going to go through all this and they're going to come out even better or they're going to figure something out where they're they're growing in this direction and you said the people that are going to just dwell right so they're just like stuck where it's like oh i can't do this i can't and they're just like going to go this way because when it reopens it's not going to be the same for people Mm -hmm. where it's like there's not going to be there's going to actually be more people trying to get jobs. So it's going to be harder for you to like for people to get them. So it's like during this time, like you really got to figure things out to secure what you have going. So in the future, if anything does happen like this again, you'll be better off. Yeah. Right. Because I don't, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense to go through this 
and then jump right back into someone that can tell you, oh, you can't work again or yeah. you're fired. Yeah. We'll call you when we need you. Like, think about that. There's people that's worked 15, 20 years and they came and looked them in the face with like, we got to let you go. Yeah. We don't know when we'll call you back. Like that cutthroat. Yeah. Think about like that. That right there is just like scary enough for me where it's like, <laughs> I don't want anyone to tell me I can't work. Yeah. Like when you think about it like that, someone can tell you, you can't go to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, nah, I, I totally get it, man. And I've mm-hmm. I've thought about that even before COVID. Like, I don't want somebody to have to tell me anything. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me when I have to be here, when I get to leave, mm-hmm. when I get to take a piss, when I get to yeah. get to eat. Yeah. Nah, you're tripping, bro. If if it's me figuring out how I'm going to make my own money, because we're doing all of this to figure out how to make a living to make money. Realistically, we have to make money. Mm-hmm. If that's all I have to do, I'm good at making money. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't need you. I yeah. don't need your outlet to yeah. make money. Go on your skills. You got mm-hmm. skills. What What is your skill for basketball? A lot of people don't have that skill, but they want that skill. Yeah. If you're a good teacher, bro, mm-hmm. there's a business right there and you it figured is. it out, man. And, mm-hmm. and you're doing it. And that's, that's awesome, bro. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about train with D. How, if, is it would it be as easy if somebody's listening and my kid enjoys basketball? I'm looking for a trainer, or what is the clientele that you're looking to work with? Um, so I like to work with everybody. I feel like that keeps me right where I need to be in the headspace where I can I can see a professional player this uh, at this time and then have a beginner in the same day. Like to me that, 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 I mean, that's what I'm here for. Like, I just want to continue to teach and try to push the game forward a little bit. So I'll work with anybody. Um, but how the process normally works is I have to evaluate you and then I'll, I'll, we'll do a session. I'll evaluate you. I'll tell you what I feel that you need to improve first. And then we'll come up with a game plan and then I'll, create a dialogue with the parent or the guardian and then see where they would like to go from there. Mm. So anybody can come work with me as long as, you know, the serious athlete though, because I don't like, I hate to say this, but I don't like the the parent that's forcing the kid to come try to learn basketball and they're staring off into the sky or is like a car passes by and they're looking <laughs> like they're not focused on what I'm trying to teach. And then it goes one air out the other. Yeah. And at that point, like, of course, like I, it's a business, but like I much rather work with the kid that wants to learn. Sort of like the like school, like the kid that wants to actually learn in class. Like those are the people that get the information versus the kid that's listening to his his CD player. Oh, CD, I'm old, yeah, old right? school. CD Damn, <laughs> iPod, <laughs> iPhone, <laughs> iPod, huh? iPod even dates Damn. you. <laughs> I just said CD player in 2020. Um, I love it. Yeah. um, Yeah. But like, you know what it is? Just as long as you're wanting to work and get better, I'm willing to work with the athlete. Yeah. And your your time is valuable and it's Mm -hmm. more valuable than than just uh, financially. It's way more valuable than the the dollar amount. I've I've turned down so much like money, the dollar amount just because it's not worth the stress or the time. Yeah, definitely. And the time is 
the only thing that we have in this world, mm-hmm. man. And yeah, I, I would assume that you want to give the time to the people that they want. They have a goal and they they're mm-hmm. aspiring to reach mm-hmm. a goal. Yeah, because I, I like to look at situations as win win or like if it's like a win loss, it doesn't equal up to mm-hmm. me where it's like you're like, you know, if you get a loss and I get a win and we're working together. That doesn't equal up to me. Yeah. So if we can win, like if I can teach you, you get better, win win. If I teach you, you're not paying attention, that's a win loss. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you know. Yeah. So uh what are your future goals with your program? Uh just continue to to grow. I feel like um every month has been growth as far as my training and my my club program so my club program was is fairly new um but with it being fairly new we were able to compete in some competitive tournaments and win championships we've we had a couple wins at at kobe's tournament the Mm. mamba the mamba cup he had like one or two a month and it was like uh this real big tournament where everybody driving from everywhere like we had we beat teams from like that drove from like Mexico City, Arizona. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kobe puts his name on it. People want to come and participate because I yeah. mean, it's cool if you drove or flew to play in Kobe's tournament. So for us to be able to be kind of like a new club and compete and win, um, that was that was cool. But with that became who's this who's this club team? Like, how can I be a part of it? Like, and then once you come once you come to the club, you realize that. Oh, he's also a trainer. He also can uh, do strength and conditioning. He also knows, like, has contacts in the basketball world. He can also guide me. Like, it's a perfect place for an athlete who wants to chase their basketball dream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, while working at the academy, did you have any um, relationship with Kobe? Yeah. So I was one of the, 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 the few of the people at the facility that actually got to like talk to him and hang out with him and like he knew my name like stuff like that so one of the most unreal surreal experiences like because kobe in california is like it's like a god like a superhero like and then for me to just be able to sit and talk and him tell me about stories he's had in the NBA, like players he's played played with and who he didn't like and how he trained and prepared for games. Like it was it was like, man, it was one of the mo one of the best experiences I've I've been a part of because it's like you have this superhero of a figure and he's telling me all the like his like training secrets. He's telling me like how to uh how to like do certain things on offense where the defense doesn't know like he's telling me like secrets of things and I'm just sitting there like people would probably pay millions of dollars to hear what this dude is talking about yeah so like there there's a whole bunch of stories that I just told myself that I wouldn't share with anybody yeah. because then it just it wouldn't be as special definitely but for him one thing I can say is for me to tell him things that I work on with my kids and my players and my training style and for him to tell me that what I was doing was good, I was like, man, nobody like nobody can tell me anything. 
Hell yeah. Like nobody. Yeah. Like that like if I can get that approval stamped and what he believes I'm doing is is right and then I'm taking I'm also stealing everything that he told me and impl- implementing it. So from that conversation, I just elevated what I had because I'm stealing the stuff that he told me too. Yeah. I'm implementing in that. So so it's like that's all I ever needed was like cuz as you as you're growing and you're trying in the hustle, you're like, man, is my stuff good? Is it good enough? Like, man, I had a slow week. Does it, are people like, people don't want to come back. And then like, just to hear, hear him agree with a lot of the, my concepts and us talk basketball. And we like, he understands what I was talking about. I understand what he's talking about. It was just like, man, I'm doing it right. And like, that's all I ever needed. So that, that just put my confidence on 10. Like it's like, I can be in a room with anybody now. To Dude, me. I love it, bro. That's amazing, yeah. man. Now when you were able to to speak with him and have these conversations, did that did that paint the picture, the the blueprint a little better cuz now it's not just this superhero godlike figure, he's actually a real human being that you're having a real conversation with and you're like, "Man, now I understand how he got to this point. It shows you a a clear path of how to get to the top." Well, he's different. <laughs> he, he's different. His level of of preparation and training that he did, I don't think there's anyone else that could like do what he did. There's probably a handful of guys, but I can definitely take things from what he said he did and then tell the, tell the kids like, "Hey, like you guys like you guys like Kobe, right? He was one of the best to ever play basketball, right?" Well, this is what he did. Mm. Like, if you want to be great, this is what he did. Got right? You. So it's up to you if you want to follow in those footsteps. But this is like the blueprint. Like, these are some of the things that he did to get to where he's at. Are you willing to do that? So that, like, those are those conversations hit a little harder when it's like it's coming directly from the source. Like, yeah. If Michael Jordan was, if I talked to Michael Jordan and said, hey, this is what Michael Jordan said to do. Yeah. This is what he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? As a kid, if you told me exactly what he did, i try my best to follow that. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's, it's, just, a di- it's just different. I love it, man. Rest in peace to Kobe. Mm-hmm. You know, a legend. It uh, He's going to live on forever. Yeah. you know in the memories and then his his teachings you know that's co- so crazy because the conversation he probably had with you he's probably had thousands and thousands of those conversations mm-hmm. and and that his his knowledge is just living on you know yeah and it, so that's that's is how it happens is like he's sharing the information with me probably hopefully i have thousands and thousands of people that i can you know exactly. share that with they share and you know and like just the whole basketball world just becomes more have more resources more more knowledge more and it just grows like that so that like if we can do that in every aspect like for me it's basketball and i'm gonna do my best to you know expand that right so for whatever it might be in any other field like if you have the information and you can help like why not help as many people as you can help you know while you can yeah i feel like a lot of people have information they're like i'm ho- like nope 
or I, I can help that person, but nah, he might get ahead of me one day. Nope. Like stuff like yeah. that. It's like, man, just, you know, help. Like if you can help somebody. Yeah. That's, I love it. It should it, be bro. that simple. That's a winning mentality, man. Mm-hmm. I love it. D, I appreciate you sharing your story with mm-hmm. me, brother. Yeah, it's, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, man. of course, appreciate man. It. Very motivating. And not only just, just motivating just because of what you've been able to accomplish, but you just being out of from Oxnard, from right here. You know, we have a lot of uh, local listeners, and, and maybe we could plant some seeds in their head, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they can do whatever they want in life, whatever mm-hmm. their goal is, uh, that they could achieve it. Because mm-hmm. from the same place, man, right. you were able to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, uh, I appreciate your time, bro, and I, I wish you the best, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. But while we're here, follow me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I train with D on Instagram. Make sure you guys check him out. I train with D. And if you guys know anybody that would be uh, interested in the services, man, hit them up mm-hmm. because uh, we need more people like you in the community. Mm-hmm. It's real talk, you know. And I and I'm glad that I've been able to uh, meet this sort of group of guys around here mm-hmm. that are just these these hustlers, man. And I, and I love to hear these stories, and I, I appreciate it, brother. Mm-hmm. Thanks, like I said, thanks for having me, man. It's, it's been a privilege. Yeah, of course. Hell yeah. Thank you, man. Pleasure's all mine. So make sure you guys check out D um, on Instagram. We'll have the uh, his Instagram below. And uh, just check out some of the pictures, man. Check out the uh, the videos that he has. It's inspiring to see you work with these young kids, man, and um, them have a positive influence, someone that they could look up to. So it's awesome, bro. I I wish you the best, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And a huge thank you to you. And uh, thank you to our sponsors. Heel Toe Automotive been around since 2002, supplying you guys with all your parts. If you guys uh, need any Honda parts, make sure you guys hit them up at heeltoeauto.com. Um, make sure you guys check out Rye Wire Motorsport Electronics. If you guys have any wiring needs, they can take care of it. Best wiring in the game, man. RyeWire.com or on Instagram at RyeWire Motorsport Electronics. And uh, if you guys need a clutch to hold that all together, you're going to hit up Action Clutch, man. ActionClutch.com. Clutch is made here in California, man. Huge supporters of us, and I really appreciate it. And, uh, man, I appreciate you guys listening. I love having these convos, and uh, you guys make all this possible. So thank you guys for listening. This is Downtime with Downstar, episode 203, and we're out. Peace.